Well, hello and welcome to Extra Time here on LCFC Radio and LCFC TV. Uh, happy Bank Holiday Monday as well to everybody that's listening today. And I'm sure there'll be a number of you listening maybe on the way or at the airport as you uh, as you head out to Rome this week for that huge second leg in the UEFA Europa Conference League. We'll talk about that game mainly here on Extra Time. Obviously, we'll touch upon uh, the game at Spurs, the defeat at Spurs as well yesterday. Before we do any of that, though, we'll introduce our guests, Tony Cotty and Jerry Taggart. Uh, Jerry, did you have a, a nice weekend? Obviously, Sunday you were, you were working with us. Yeah, I've, I've been busy all weekend, Dan. I did, a, I did a bit of moonlighting on Saturday for Talk Sport at Wolves Brighton. Uh, and then, obviously, the game yesterday. So, yeah, I missed out on the bank holiday. <laughs> and then, obviously, here today. So, yeah, it's been quite a busy weekend for me. Yeah, working weekend for Jerry. Tony, quite quite the opposite, really, for you until today. Yeah, unusually for me, Dan. My, as you well know, my weekends normally revolve around lots of football. Um, but after going to watch West Ham's first leg on last Thursday uh, and the disappointment that followed that, um, I, I had a weekend off from football because I had a, one of my close friends got married on Saturday. So I had to, well, I didn't have to, but I did go to the wedding, obviously, with my mate. So, uh, and then it was my nephew's 21st birthday yesterday. So we had a little family gathering around my sister's house. So, uh, yeah, very much a, a personal weekend as opposed to a professional one, Dan, which makes a nice change of mind. And West Ham lost anyway yesterday, so you didn't miss too much at, exactly. at the, uh, yeah, at the London too much. Moving on swiftly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think we'll be doing the same, really, with with what happened at the, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium as well, Jerry. Strange game, wasn't it? I think that the, the whole attitude from from the supporters to, to everyone involved was was just not not or not wrong. I get that. That's not the right word at all that I'm trying to say. But it was just clearly focuses on Thursday, isn't it? And 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 the supporters that were there on Sunday at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, their focus is Thursday and Rome as well. <laughs> Yeah, I think I said yesterday, I think all eggs are firmly in the Europa Conference League basket, aren't they, uh, for this coming Thursday. Like you say, a bit of a strange game. Started well, Leicester. Tottenham, in all fairness, you got to say, you know, don't look that great, uh, apart from the front three. Uh, and, and in the end, that was the difference. The front three was, were exceptional on yesterday on Sunday and got Tottenham over the line. As I said, Leicester started the game well. You know, had a couple of opportunities, a couple of half chances. And unfortunately, we're punished at the other end of the pitch for not capitalising on those uh, those half chances and opportunities. And, and in particular, Pats and Dacker, he had a, a good shot on target. Keeper makes a great save. Not quite as clean a shot as he probably would have liked. I think it hit his left standing foot on its way towards goal. But all the same, you've got to credit Hugo release for bringing off a good save. But yeah, the first 20 minutes or so were, were you know, pretty encouraging as far as Leicester were concerned. But that, you know, conceding the goal yet again from the set piece is is not good. It's not a good thing from from a Leicester point of view. Yeah, well, how do you think Leicester will, will react from that game, Tony? Obviously, when you look at the, the face of it, they had 61% of possession away at Tottenham, having made eight changes. So clearly... The, the players that came in did well to dominate the ball. They had those chances. They had certainly the better of it in the first half an hour, pretty much until, uh, until Tottenham scored. Yeah, and there was a handball incident as well, wasn't there, Dan? That, you know, perhaps, in my opinion, could have been a penalty and it changes the game. Um, always difficult when you make eight changes. We know that because, you know, it upsets the team balance in terms of defensively. We all know what's been going on all season. 
<clears throat> having said all that, as, as Tag said, and I agree with him, you know, I watched the highlights and, you know, it looked like Leicester totally dominated that first 30 minutes of the game, really. And yet, after half an hour, you're losing 1-0, you know, because of a poor goal to concede from yet another corner. So, frustrating from that point of view. And I, I thought it was really interesting, Brendan's interview after, was talking about aggression and something to put right for next season. You know, we all know what the problems have been from set pieces. You just hope, you know, there's nothing to come in the next sort of few weeks that's going to, you know, hinder Leicester because it has been a massive problem. Um, it, it, it was a difficult game. And, you know, I've, I've seen Tottenham quite a lot this season and they're, they're that sort of team where they, they don't really do a lot. They can get put under pressure like they did in the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And yet they've got two world-class strikers. And, you know, that is the difference, really, I think, for, for Tottenham. And the reason that Tottenham are going for the Champions League is because of those two players. If I look at the rest of the team, I don't see too much to worry about. But when you've got those two players, it makes a massive difference because you know you're going to score goals. Yeah, and, and they had to rely on, on Lloris as well, Jerry, didn't they, as, as we've touched upon. That, that, that was a brilliant save, actually, from Dakar. And, and yes, maybe it was a little bit of a scuff from Dakar, but it was going in the bottom corner. We'd have all said brilliant finish had it gone in, but... None of us realised, I don't think, that Larissa had touched it until that one slow-mo replay. Yeah, I think, you know, if, if I had been a, a pure strike from Patson Dacker, then Larissa doesn't get there. And that's the only... It's not a criticism. It's just the way things panned out. With the ball hitting the stand of it, it just takes enough pace off it. And it, when you actually watch it in the replay, it sort of bubbles along the ground. And that sort of tells you that there's a bit of pace that's been taken off the, off the strike. And that's what enables Larice to get across and just get a couple of fingertips to it. If that's a clean strike, it ends up in the bottom, the bottom corner. No, I've got no doubt about that. Larice isn't able to, to get across and get that because he was just about to get a fingertip on it with the pace that was already on the ball. So yeah, no, it was a, it was a really good effort from Pat and Dagger. To say I'm not criticising him. Uh, you know, the ball came through a few bodies. He had to adjust slightly to get a shot off. There was a couple of defenders in the way who were running back towards goal. So it was a difficult chance to convert. Uh, just unfortunate, you say, that the race, you know, gets across, gets down and gets a couple of really good fingertips to get it away. Do you think it was a penalty, the, the, the handball incident from Son? Uh, Dear me, yeah. Uh, I've... <laughs> defender's cap off, Tice. Yeah, no, off. yeah, no. <laughs> I've seen them given uh, and I've seen the not given Dan it's one of them ones it's how you interpret it I'm sure it would have been looked at by the VAR and it's purely down to interpretation you know it wasn't in my opinion as clear cut as someone sticking the hand away from away from their body and hitting them on the hand but yes his elbow was up in the air it's clearly touched him uh, but as I say, his arm was still by his side, even though his elbow was sticking out. So it's one of them ones where you can see why he didn't give it. But there was definitely a shout for that, and probably not enough was made of it at the time. You know, I know one or two players were remonstrating with the referee that he had handled the ball, but I think probably more should have been made of it. And I say the VAR checked it and they didn't see anything wrong. So it was purely down the interpretation for me from the VAR. I do enjoy having, well, we always have like defenders on here and strikers on here, whether it's Tony or Ewan or Matt and Jerry, and there's always, 
a differing opinion when it maybe comes to something like that. And and you with your striker's cap on, Tony, you always want to see goals. So you, you think that was a penalty. And and, and as Jerry's rightly said, you, you have seen those given quite often in the Premier League over the past couple of seasons. Yeah, absolutely, Dan. And, you know, you, you always have different views as a, as a striker. Your faults are always to score goals and create goals and have more goals. And quite rightly, Tags' fault as, faults as a defender is to stop goals. And Tags doesn't want to see more goals because he's a defender. That, that was his job and he was brilliant at it as well. But as a striker, I, you know, I've always felt that handball, I've always said we're playing football, not handball. Uh, and if it hits you on the hand, I believe it should be a penalty. I know there's an argument, his arms aren't up there or he's trying to keep him down his side. But, you know, my argument's always been, is it's like when they say, uh, Tags mentioned the um, the Wolves-Brighton game there. I think you said you've done that, Tags, didn't you? Yeah. It was a pen- the first penalty there where the lad put his arm out. And yeah. people always say, oh, well, it didn't mean to hit him on the arm. But you, you've then got, my argument is always, if the ball goes past his arm, is there a possibility of a goal being scored? And the answer would be yes. And you look at what happened with Perez. So Perez takes it on his chest. He's trying to get the ball into position where he can have a shot. And it hits someone on the arm. So whether he means it, doesn't mean it. You know, where his arm is, to me, is it should be irrelevant. And it should be a penalty. Having said all that, I totally agree with Tags. It's all about interpretation. I think it's it's a very loose rule at the moment with the handball scenario. I think it's it's developed over the years into a scenario that most of us don't understand, including the three of us today. And then you've then also got the added uh, distraction now with a VAR. So not only are you getting one opinion, you're getting a second opinion at Stockton Park who might have a completely different opinion to what the referee might think. And mm. I think I think I'm right in saying it's it, the VAR is to spot a clear and obvious mistake. I think that's the word you always seem to use, Dan. And, you know, was it a mistake by the referee in not giving the penalty? That's probably what they thought. And then because of that, they didn't want to make the referee look silly, so they don't give the penalty. But I don't know. I think, you know, it's, it would have been still been a long way to go. But if Leicester go a goal up instead of a goal down, you're looking at a completely different result. Yeah, yet again, it's one of those. Had it been given, it won't have been overturned by VAR. So that, I think that, that sums it up a little bit. Right, let's move on from that. Uh, Perez was involved in quite a lot, Jerry, wasn't he? He did a brilliant little run at one point where he flicked the ball over the defender, went for the shot. He, he mishit the shot, but Dakar was inches away, wasn't he? I don't know whether he might have been offside, but he was inches away from getting on the end of it. And again, that would have been 1-0 Leicester. Yeah, this was probably another one for TC, to be honest with you. You know, great anticipation. You could see, once he's flicked it over and controlled it, Perez, you know he's going to shoot. But what Patson Dacker does brilliantly anticipates the shot and Perez missing the shot. I He probably thinks, right, if he hits a target, the keeper might save it. I've got to be in a position to put the rebound back in. So it's great anticipation from uh, from Patson Dacker to try and get on the end. Of that. Unfortunately, you know, Perez doesn't hit the target. He scuffs his shot to the left. Uh, and unfortunately, as you say, He's trying his best, Dacker, to get, in, get in on that. And unfortunately, he just can't get his big toe on the end of it. But, you know, you've got to give him credit for reading that situation, being on the front foot, and at least trying, you know, to to get on the end of the shot from, from uh, IOZ Perez. It's interesting look, what you're saying there about that anticipation, because that's something that it's very difficult to teach a striker. I think, yeah. you know, a lot of strikers, it's an inbuilt talent and a, a reaction. And 
you know, I, I, I always used to try when I was playing, you always try and think the worst. So in other words, you don't stand there thinking, oh, Perez is going to score or Perez is going to hit the target. You're actually thinking in your mind, he might scuff this or it might hit the defender and break to me. And that's, that's where you've got to be on the front foot. And I, I think to be fair to Dakar, we know Jamie Vardy does it, but Dakar, I think, I think he's got that reaction in him. Um, you know, and I, I think he, I mean, he was unlucky that he didn't get the ball, but you know, it was a great effort made for it. But I think that's the key to it as a striker. You've got to be trying to anticipate. You, 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 you're trying to think differently to the defenders. The defenders are thinking it's going to go towards the goal, the goalkeeper's going to save it, etc. As a forward, you're thinking differently. Uh, Harry Kane certainly showed his initiative, didn't he, for the, the goal, Tony? And he, he's got a ridiculous record against Leicester City, having been on loan, of course, at the Foxes early in his career. Since then, he, he seems to score against Leicester pretty much every single time he, he <coughs> plays against them. And, and it was just a... Disappointingly, obviously, another goal conceded from a corner. Leicester had been a lot better with that recently, but Kane is just—he's just so good, isn't he, Tony? Yeah, he's—he's he's, he's a wonderful player, Dan. And you know, Tags um, might not want me to say that, but hopefully, he's the player that's going to win England the World Cup later in the year. <laughs> but he's—you know—listen, he, he, whatever you think about other teams, other players, you cannot deny the fact that he is an incredible player. Um, you mentioned his goal-scoring record, Dan. Um, it's weird because sometimes you have clubs that you just score goal after goal after goal against. And unfortunately, I think from Leicester's point of view, Harry just seems to do that, doesn't he, against Leicester. And it's frustrating. You can't explain why that he's targeting Leicester. He doesn't target other teams because there will be other teams that he... Harry will go into the game and say, oh, God, we're playing against them. I, I never score against them. And then there's other teams like Leicester. I'm sure you, you know, those sorts. When you know that you score against a team, you can't wait to get out of the pitch because you, know, you, you know, you don't think you're going to score. You know you're going to score. And, uh, he, you know, he's a top player. There, but from Leicester's point of view, um, I watched it very closely this morning. I stopped it and paused it quite a few times. And, you know, it, it, it appeared that they was man-for-man marking, which is certainly drifting away. Tags will explain this a lot better than me. But it's drifting away from the zonal marking that caused so much havoc early in the season. But having said all that, if you do get man-to-man, and, and the one thing you can do, and I've always said this about man-to-man marking from corner, if Harry Kane scores, you look at who was marking Harry Kane in the first place, and without, pointing the figures a bit harsh, but you can say to Daniel Lamarty, Daniel, what are you doing? You know, what are you thinking? And this is what I think Brendan was touching on when he said about aggression from the corners. You know, that Leicester needs to be more aggressive, and it's hard. Again, like I was talking about finisher, from a defender's point of view, it's hard to bring aggression into a play. You've either got it like Tags had it, Matt Elliott had it, you know, Walsh had it. It's there. It's a natural thing that defenders have got. If you haven't got it, then you have to switch on. And if you switch off, it'll be it for half a second. Or if you look one way and the the striker's gone, which is a trick I used to, as soon as the defender looked at you, you go. And because you can't be doing two things at once. And and that's exactly what Harry's done. It's a fantastic run. The delivery is brilliant. Just from Leicester's point of view, you know, and even even blaming Daniel with letting Harry run, it's gone into a space and it's gone over someone's head. You know, is there no one else who could, you know, sometimes, he, again, please get tags to talk about this. Sometimes, although you're marking your man, go and hit the ball. If it's coming near you, don't say, oh, that's not my ball, because you've got to clear the ball. The, the most important thing is always the ball. It's not your man, because if the ball's coming towards you, hit the ball away and then worry about where your man is. Tags, over to you, mate. I mean, I don't know what you, you thought about it, but such a poor goal to concede, isn't it? 
Now, you make, you make a good point. I think it's Iose Paris gets dragged out from his near post position, six yard. He's on the middle of the six yard box. And he gets dragged. I think there's a little run from one of the players and he just follows him instead of just waiting to see how to fly the ball. If he actually stands still, Iose Paris, he heads that ball away. But because he gets dragged out towards the corner, and that's a, the second part of your point where you're saying if you're in that area, go and head it. And, and all they're doing is following men in that near post space area. Then I think there you can afford to give yourself an extra half a second to see the flight of the ball, to see how the ball is coming in. And then you're, if, it's, if it is a little one and it is going toward, then you can get on the front foot and go and attack that ball at the near post. Or you can stand your ground, wait for the ball to come in, and flick it, but because he gets dragged underneath it, and you see, Iose Perry makes a jump for it, and he just misses it because he's half a yard uh, too far in, in front of the near post. As far as Daniel Amati is concerned, I think when you're talking about Brendan's interview, Harry Kane just pushes him off the ball too easily, and I think that's where he means about the aggression. There's also a block from Eric Dyer, and he, he can't see that block. Daniel Amati, and it's a little, it's only a little faint one. It just puts him off slightly. He has to readjust his run slightly, Dan Amati. But that's just enough to give Harry Kane that extra foot of space to get into that space and head the ball in. Uh, the the other thing is Dan Amati's not watching where the, the flight of the ball. He's literally solely watching Harry Kane, so he can't adjust or see the flight of the ball. And it's a difficult skill to master, Dan, but this is where, over time and experience, you learn to do that as a defender, uh, where you have one eye on the player you're marking and one eye on where the ball is coming in from them. And you're seeing the flight, the pace of it. And as Tony says, sometimes if you judge that flight of the ball, you've got to leave your marker and just go, right, I'm going to head this. Yes, you've got to make sure you get your head on it. But once you make that decision as a defender, then you have to go all out to try and get your head on it. And I think for Dan Amati, when he got pushed off the ball too easily, there's then the little block from Eric Dyer. And in the end, as, as Tony said, the ball has to be absolutely spot on. Uh, and it was to be fair from Son. Uh, two good goals from Son himself, Tony. One of them, world-class, really. Brilliant, brilliant left-footed strike. Oh, beautiful goal down there. I mean, sometimes you, you have to just admire what player does you know there's been plenty of good players over the years and and as I said earlier you know for me Harry Kane and Son the way they link up I, lo I love their partnership their play um, you know Harry creates for Son Son creates for Harry etc but the, the third goal I mean the second goal was a good goal as well by the way I mean you, you can listen you can point fingers at Soyuncu in terms of the tackle it was well I can't really call it a tackle it, you know it was just poor defending um, and then they break, lovely little ball, touch and swivel. That, I mean, that in itself, technically, was a really hard goal to finish off. Um, you know, great touch and swivel. But the, the third goal was just, it was just pure class, absolutely pure class. First touch, drag it onto your left foot and just whip and curl. And I mean, they, they've got these wonderful cameras now that are in the back of the goal net. I, I, and I just love the view you get because you, you almost get the goalkeeper's view and you're sort of seeing it almost from Casper's point of view. And the moment he hits it, <clears throat> it Casper dives 
And I don't even think he's within six foot of the ball. He's gone so high and up and into the top corner. And it almost to the point is if Casper had been standing where the camera was, he still wouldn't have saved it. It was just a, it was a wonderful guy. Not from Leicester's point of view, obviously, but just from a pure footballing genius point of view. I just thought it was a special goal. Must have a great chance of winning goal of the month competition, I would have thought, because those sort of goals, you know, you, you know, and he knew it was a special goal as well, Son. He's had a wonderful season, scored lots of goals, but that's by far his best so far. Uh, it was only a, a consolation from Kalechi and Acho Tome, but it was a, a, a pretty good strike as well, wasn't it? We've seen him do that a lot of times in the Leicester shirt. Yeah, he's got he's got it. He's like a damn, hasn't he? You know, he's. And I'm a fan. I'm a, a big fan of Kalechi, and uh, you know, you always feel that there's more you can do, etc. And that, but you know, it was a great goal. It was a really good goal. You know, good ball from Tillemans, played him into the space. Still got a lot to do. Little shimmy, moves it onto his left foot. And, and, you know, we all know he's got a wonderful left foot. It's a really good strike as well. And that camera behind the goal that I was just talking about, not quite as dramatic as Son's one, but you have the camera behind the goal and you see Lloris go across, just gets his fingertips to it, but it's hit the post and gone in because it was that much of a quality strike and a lot more pace in it. I like Tate was saying, if that could, it is one as true as what Kalechi did, that certainly would have been 1-0. But in the end, it was just a, a, another sort of really, really good consolation goal, unfortunately, for Kalechi. Right, let's look ahead to Thursday then. The, the massive second leg away in Rome. Jerry, eight changes obviously were made by Brendan mm. Rodgers. Uh, six were made by Mourinho uh, for Roma. So clearly both, both managers looking ahead to this second leg on Thursday. In terms of Brendan Rodgers' team selection on Thursday, how different will it be? Well, obviously we, we, we know very different to Sunday, to yesterday, but how different to the first leg will it be? Uh, good question. Not that different, much different, I would say. Dan, obviously, Jimmy Vardy came on yesterday, got 24 minutes or something like that under his belt. And I, so there's a question for Brendan Rogers, you know, with Kalechi scoring. I, I think the formation will be the same. So he'll revert back the back four. I think Ricardo will come in. And either Justin or Castagna. Uh, you've got Telemans to come back in, Jewsby Hall, uh, James Madison, Harvey Barnes, Luckman. Uh, so it's well or not for me, them two start, Luckman and Harvey Barnes. I think Jimmy Vardy will start, but it's well or not he plays both wide players on the pitch at the same time. We've seen in Eindhoven. And against Rome, <clears throat> where one, one has started, the other one hasn't. Mark Albrighton has started on, on the right-hand side. So that will be, obviously, Mark Albrighton started yesterday. So that will be one of the issues that Brendan will have to get his head, or, head around. But as far as everybody else, I think you'll see the whole backline change near enough. Maybe apart from Castagna, I don't know. Uh, and the midfield... <coughs> Three I've just mentioned will come straight back in. I'm, I'm, I'm possibly Jimmy Vardy will start. Uh, who do you think will be the happier of the two managers? Pr probably Mourinho, Tony, from, from the first leg with what happened in Leicester. Leicester had, had the majority of possession, the majority of the ball, the majority of chances. Yeah, I think you know, Jose did what we probably all thought he was going to do. He'd come, he come to the KP, make it difficult, pack the defence out, defend get a result of some sort and that would have been <coughs> that would have been the tactics for him um, to achieve a, a one-all draw um, you know I think going a goal up obviously change 
always always changes the dynamics of the of the European night. I was at West Ham myself, and that an early goal winning for Frankfurt completely changes the dynamics, not just from the players' point of view, but from the supporters' point of view as well. Because everyone's so excited. It's the semi final. Leicester's first ever semi final. Everyone's so excited, and of course you throw a goal behind, and the it's just that natural flatness that you get from the fan, like, oh, no, it's not going to be our night, you know, we're going to concede two or three and all that sort of stuff. So it does change the dynamics. I, I, in answer to your question, Dan, I think, yeah, Mourinho possibly just slightly the, the, the more happier. But I think from Leicester's point of view, and, and, and as we've been talking about all throughout this European campaign, once it goes into the, the knockout stages, with there being no away goals, it does change the dynamics of the football match. There's no doubt about that, you know. And you know, for example, you know, Leicester can can go to Roma and, and draw nil nil, uh, extra time penalties, uh, and go through. Whereas before, you know, that away goal, Leicester couldn't draw nil nil. So it has changed things. I'm still trying to work out whether it's beneficial for the game, whether it's good. It's, it appears to be more better for. The home the away team first leg as opposed mm. to the away team. So uh, is that a good thing? I, I, I don't know. You never quite know with UEFA what they're thinking Thinking is about. You know, we, I think the original idea of away goals was to more goals and not, you know, not so much defensive performances. So we'll have to see how it develops again next season. But from Leicester's point of view, everything to play for. Mourinho probably 60% happy and, and Brendan probably 40% happy. There's not a lot in it. You know, you... you your level, it's 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 half time. It's 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 literally like a normal match where you come in nil nil one one two two at half time, and then you go again for the second half. That's exactly where we are with it. So nothing to worry about from Leicester's point of view. In fact, I'm I am extremely confident that Leicester will go and get the result they need because I know how good Leicester are away from home, and they've got their back four players back, which makes such a massive difference. Yeah, it's a good point, actually, you make about the, the away goals. They, they would be going to Rome knowing they had to score, wouldn't they, this time last season? Yeah, absolutely, Dan. And, and that's the point I'm making. It, it's, it's so changed things. Um, so, if you look at it from Rome, you know, switch the argument around from Rome's point of view. In, in the old days, you say, oh, great, we've got the away goal, happy days. You know, that means Leicester have got to come and have a go. But it doesn't mean that anymore because Leicester don't have to come and have a go. Leicester can, if they want to, I don't, I don't think they will, but if they wanted to, they could do it, Mourinho. They could park the bus. They could just keep 11 players behind the ball and say, go on in, break us down. We'll take a nil-nil. We'll take a nil-nil. We'll go to penalty. Leicester could do that. So it, it's really, really changed it. Um, I think the way Leicester play, I don't think they will do that. I don't think Brendan would want to do that. I think they will go there. You want to try and put a performance on for the fans, but ultimately... We're into results territory now. We're not into pleasing the fans, putting in great performances and losing 4-3 and things like that. This is all about the result now. And, you know, tags will know what I mean. Yeah, you get to the semi-final, there's only one thing that matters, and that's getting through to the final. And that's you just want Leicester, get the team right. You know, tags touched on the team there. You get the formation right, get the players right, pick the right ones, and then to have players to come on, which Leicester had, that can change a game and make an impact. And that's one thing where I think they might just have a bit of an advantage. I think if you look at players to come on and change the game, I think Leicester's, Leicester will have some really, really good options on Thursday. Yeah, how do you see it going, Jerry, on, on Thursday? The, the nerves are starting already. We're, what, three days away, but <laughs> it, it, it's getting to that territory already. Yeah, it's, it's, hard, it's hardly analysed, Dan, but... You know, it may work out that Brennan goes already intact, but, for, you know, may be well forced back <clears throat> by Roma coming out of their shell. We don't know. You know, I thought Roma, 
started the game really positively. And then, sort of as the game went on, they just reverted back to Mourinho type. But that's not how they started the game. <clears throat> and so, if you look at the second leg, I think it slightly favours Leicester because uh, Roma will be expected to come out and take the game to Leicester. And so you might see Leicester being put on the back, back foot inadvertently. But that won't... That doesn't mean that that will be their ploy. It just means that Roma, being the home team with the 72,000 fans, the atmosphere and everything else, it may just things work out that way sometimes in a game of football, even though that's not the, the tactics that you set up to go out with. So it's all about being resilient like the word in Ren. It's all about being resilient like the word at PSV. You're going to have to soak up pressure. It goes without saying. <clears throat> but then we talked about Big, big moments in football. Decision-making in the final third. And that's what Leicester have to get right. If they got that right last Thursday, as I said, they probably would have went 2, maybe 3-1 into this leg. Unfortunately, that wasn't the way. I think Roma were by far the happier coming out. They didn't really create anything after they scored the goal. And Casper at one save to make it his near post, which you would expect them to make. If he'd have let that in later on in the game, he'd have been very disappointed. Now. So for me, Leicester is about carrying on uh, <clears throat> the good work they've done away from home this season in this competition. And what we need to see a little bit more of is the, the, the goal that Harvey Barnes created, those giving and going, you know, pass, forward pass, following your pass, getting the, the return pass, and then breaking the lines. Because what Roma will definitely do is defend the, the what allowed the space in behind. You've seen that on Thursday night. I don't think that will change for a moment. They'll still want to make sure that they're safe and behind. And they'll be on the front foot defending like they were on Thursday night against Leicester at King Power. <coughs> so it's time to Leicester to have little quick passes, giving goals down the, the flanks, get good low quality crosses into the box. And make sure you've got people coming into the box and trying to get on the end of it. And covering all bases like we've seen in PSV, i.e. for the winning goal, you know, Ricardo Pereira taking up that back post position and just hoping and praying that something comes his way. <clears throat> but definitely, you know, it's, they're well in this game. But they've got to be resilient like they were in Rennes. They've got to be resilient like they were in, in Eindhoven. It's as simple as that. It'll be yeah. interesting, Bags, to see how, how Roma approach the game as well. Because Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm trying to put myself in their position. So, you know, you've got your... You've got your 1-1 one, one draw, which is a great result for them, let's be honest. You know, but then what, what do you do then going into this second leg? Well, you know, Mourinho, as we know, he's, he, he's, he is a defensive manager. Is he going to say to the boys, you know, push on and you know, try and get a goal, get in front, etc.? Because if, if they do that, that plays into Leicester's hands because yeah. Leicester will want to defend. They'll want them to come out and take the game to Leicester. And on the counter-attack, as I've already said, wonderful players going forward that gives Leicester great options providing that final ball's right, like what you said, Tags. Um, but it'll be, <coughs> excuse me, it'll be really, really interesting to see what their tactics are, Roma, how they approach the game. Will, will they just be passing it around? Will it be a bit of an impasse in the first half? I, I, I think it'll be a very tactical game. That's that. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure it's going to be an all-out or flowing football game. I think it'll be a very nervy, defensive type of tippy-tappy football type the first half. And then we might see it open up in the second half. Yeah, I agree. That's why it's so hard to analyse. 
TC because you don't know tactically how you know Roma are going to approach it. You know they drew nil nil at home uh, yesterday against Bologna, who are like 13th in the league. Uh, which obviously for a team like Roma, who all right, they're ten points behind Juventus, think in fourth place. They're not going to reach the Champions League, but they've, they've dropped away from fifth to sixth because of that draw yesterday. So disappointing. They're at home. You'd have thought they would have had a better, even though they made six changes. You would have thought, you know, they'd have got over the line against a team like Bologna, but they didn't. So it'll be interesting to see how tactically. You no, know, he approaches the game on Thursday night because sneakily, I think with the away goals being taken out, it stops the home team now sitting back and defending deep and protecting that away goal. So it favours the away team in the second leg. Yeah. Strangely enough, which I think is actually good for the game because you're expected to come out, take the game to the opposition as the home team, but we all know that that is not a tactic that Jose Mourinho employs. So it's really, it's a really difficult one to try and analyse before we actually kick off. As Tony says, I wouldn't expect them to go gun ho try and take the game to Leicester all out attack. But on, but on the flip side, what we seen in what we seen last Thursday night was a very functional Roma team hit Leicester on the counter attack and get on the score sheet. And you may well see this team on Thursday night protect, protect what you've got. And because you're at home, can we string a few more passes together and get on the front foot, on the counter-attack, and hit Leicester again? So you may well see similar tactics. How important will it be, Tony, to, to draw on the experiences, as Jerry's referenced, of, of Wren and of PSV? Because in both of those games, at times, Leicester were really under the cosh, really under pressure. The atmospheres were, were brilliant in both of those games. We know it's going to be volatile, hostile, every, every word you can imagine in, in Rome with 70-odd thousand Romans uh, cheering their team on. So, so they, they really need to draw on those experiences of coming through tough occasions. Yeah, and they've already done that, Dan, haven't they? You know, that's different. it's going to be different circumstances. It's going to be more a larger crowd. It's going to be probably a more passionate crowd as well. We, we know what the Italians are like. I'm sure, I'm sure the atmosphere will be wonderful and but they, they, these are the games you want to play in, you know, and, and the players, the players have had the European experience, you know, a lot of the players, if not most of the players are, are internationals as well, like, so it's not like a Leicester team going in, you know, totally unprepared and never really experienced continental football, that's the, it's the complete opposite, you know, Leicester have got a team, got some good youngsters, obviously, as we know, but there's some really, really experienced players in that team that know how to handle it, and you rely on the likes of Jamie Vardy, who's going to be instrumental in what goes on. Casper's a very, very experienced goalkeeper. You've got Yuri Tillemans, still a young lad, but he's been playing for Belgium. You know, these players have got experience. I, you know, I, I think, you know, trying to put myself in the position of Leicester Park, it, you, you're going to look forward to this. You're really going to look forward to it. You know you're capable of getting the results because they've already proved this season they've had, some, they've had a couple of you know, iffy results in the, in the sort of group section of the Europa League. We know that. But since they've gone into this competition, they've taken it seriously. And also the players as well, they'll be looking at the league table and they, we, I know they've got five Premier League games left, but they're not, unless there's some sort of miracle, they're not going to qualify for Europe through that uh, league position, are they? So it's so important for the players, you know, to go out, professional performance, get the result that I've spoken about and keep the European dreams alive for next season. Get back into that Europa League because that's where Leicester City need to be. Yeah, of course, this is a good experience 
semi-finals of a European competition for the first time ever, get to the final of a competition, would be wonderful for the club. The club needs to be in that Europa League and pushing on. You know, they've been so close to the Champions League, haven't they, the last couple of seasons. And it's onwards and upwards, get everyone fit for next season and then Leicester can look forward to a really good season. But nothing to fear on Thursday night, nothing to fear, everything to look forward to. And those players, I think, I think there'll, there'll be a relaxed attitude at training this week because they've got the sort of distraction of the Tottenham game out of the way from yesterday. And you now start focusing, start concentrating, you know you've got a big game coming up and just go and enjoy it. It, it, it's clear how much the players want it, Jerry, isn't it? As, as much as the supporters. Oh, without a doubt. <coughs> you know, we were fortunate enough to be an Eindhoven down. <coughs> and, you know, speaking to some of the players afterwards, they were cock a hoot that they got through this, got through that quarterfinal. Uh, so, yeah, it goes about saying that, you know, unfortunately, you know, the league form has dipped something, but. It is fair to say that they are really looking forward to this this game against Roma. And they really want to do well. I mean, they want to go all the way in this. So, you know, fingers crossed for everybody that, that that's the case come Thursday. Absolutely. Thursday. It's an eight o'clock kickoff English time, of course. So uh, Match Day Live will start from 6.30. So please do join us for that. Um, there's lots of other, quickly before we do the, the other results of the weekend, lots of other British interest as well in Europe, Jerry. Obviously, Manchester City, 4-3 uh, winners against Real Madrid. That's a big second leg for them. Liverpool 2-0 up against Villarreal. West Ham, we know they lost at home to... Um, to Frankfurt and, and Rangers lost 1-0 to Leipzig as well but they, they've got their second leg at home all four ties really for the British clubs are, there's absolutely still everything to play for or all five oh, without a yeah. doubt you know it's, it's quite incredible you know the amount of British teams English teams that are still, still in, uh, in in contention of reaching the final of their respective competition so it's going to be an exciting week. I think Liverpool are probably the biggest favourites, in fairness, to reach a final, reach a Champions League final. I was lucky enough to be at that game last week, Liverpool against Villarreal. Uh, and I think, you know, after watching that game, they're probably the biggest favourites to reach a final. I think Man City have got a, a tough tie away at Real Madrid. I don't think that game's over by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and as far as same with Rangers, you know, they've got a tough tie, but they've still got a chance. And I think West Ham's got a bit of an uphill battle as well, but you never know. That's the beauty of, we've seen it so many times in the past where teams have been multiple goals down and have come back from that because strange things happen in these competitions. Could all five British teams go through, Tony? <clears throat> I think they could, Dan, yeah. I mean... Um... I'm not one of these fans that, you know, I don't want other teams to get into a final. I, you know, I've never quite got that sort of mentality. I mean, I'm a, I'm a child of the sort of late 60s, early 70s, growing up watching the likes of Liverpool and you know, all the Aston Villas and Manchester United, all these teams playing in finals. And, um, you know, my team, West Ham, obviously not, never got too far in those competitions. But, you know, I, I always used to like the English clubs, you know, Forest, you know, had a couple of wonderful years, didn't they? You know, there's always been real interest from, from the English teams and I, I've always wanted them to do well. Um, I, yeah, I, I think there's a genuine chance. It, I don't know what the odds would be. It'd probably be a nice little bet to do, especially with West Ham, you know, trailing 2-1 um, from that first leg against Frankfurt. 
Rangers conceded a late goal. So you would probably say that at the moment, you know, West Ham and Rangers are probably the two outside bets of the five to get through. Leicester, we've already spoken about. I think they will get to the final. Um, and Liverpool, I don't think they're going to have any problems. I think they're just too good for Villarreal. I think the intriguing game of all the ones that we're talking about has got to be Real Madrid Man City. I mean, that was one of the best games of football I've seen in a long, long time. You know, that 4-3 at the Etihad was a wonderful game of football and uh, let's hope it's more of the same when they play each other. But yeah, I, I, I genuinely believe that there's a real chance, an outside chance because of the results, but there's a genuine chance that we could have five teams in the final, which would be brilliant for British football. Uh, Tony, you're obviously busy with your, your weddings and birthday parties, but I'm, I'm sure you've, you've seen the highlights of other games and, and any results that, that maybe had you checking your phone while you were at both of those events? Yeah, well, I mean, although I was at the party yesterday, obviously I was glimpsing at what was going on in the West Ham game, but uh, I think the one that really caught my eye was the one before that, Dan. And I mean, you talk about high-pressure games, you know. For, for I, I actually quite fancied Everton to beat Chelsea. I think Chelsea have gone off the ball, as we know, a little bit in the last three or four weeks, you know, for many reasons. Um, you know, the atmosphere at Goodison was always going to be fantastic. And, you know, the, you saw the scenes with the crowd and the blue flares, etc. and that, and they... They made it a really, really wonderful atmosphere for the players to play in. And, um, you know, it, it was a great result. They're not out of danger yet. I mean, they're still <clears throat> two points behind. Me and Tags both know, would you rather be two points behind with a game in hand or would you rather have the points? We'd rather have points. the points very much, yeah, all, all day long. So it's going to be very, very difficult. But, um, you know, great result for, for Everton. It, it gives them a real chance. It's going to be fascinating because... Watford and Norwich have gone now, but then you look at the Burnley Leeds Everton, I think that's going to be a real battle right to the very end. Uh, Jerry? Yeah, similar. <clears throat> but then on the back of that, I have to say Burnley again, just on this incredible run. You know, and don't get me wrong, there were some big results at the weekend. You know, Man City going to Leeds 1 and 4 after watching Liverpool beat Newcastle 1 0. I mean, what a pressure pot that was. But the four in Burnley are in at the minute. It's quite incredible, isn't it? All right, they've gone to Watford uh, and beat Watford, but <clears throat> after going to go down, I've seen the highlights of that game. Not a great game of football, if I'm being honest. But they just keep piling the pressure on, don't they? And, and you know, as Tony said, that game yesterday for Everton was an absolute must win. I mean, fair play to Frank Lampard. Uh, and his players because going into that game there must have been an almighty amount of pressure on them to win them but yeah Burnley just keep you know pulling out these magnificent results from somewhere and they're not they're not going away they're not going lightly after you know a couple of weeks ago they were firm favourites to get relegated Uh, right let's finish uh, extra time then with our football Jenga Um, (laughs) quite a simple one this will be good to be fair (laughs) I don't want to do you to a disservice. I'm not sure how long it'll last. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, it's quite a simple one, right? There's there's 20 teams in Syria in Italy uh, yeah. that play alongside um, Thursday's opponents, Roma. Um, so yeah, any of the 20 teams in Italy's top division. Um, and Tony, you can uh, you can kick us off, please. I'm not sure this will take too long. This one, Dan, but I'll go Juventus. I'll go Roma. AC Milan. I'll go Inter. 
the last time I looked at the Italian league was years ago, but I'll go for names that spring to mind. Lazio, I'll go. Uh, Bologna. Here we go, Tags. Um, uh, Udinese. Fiorentina. Good one, Tags. Torino. Yeah. Oh, what guess? I was going to say that too. Um, okay, Napoli. Oh, yeah. takes off from say that. There was one big one left. Yeah. yeah. Oh, now we're in trouble. Um, <sighs> Calgary. They they got a team. Yeah. Watch out, I'm just Genoa. thinking of places in Italy. <laughs> who, who you going, Tex? Genoa. Great answer. Oh, you killed me, Tex. You're doing you well, are you? Oh, um... There's only eight left. You've got 12 so far of the 20. <sighs> I think, come on. I'm not going to get one then. Well, we got same. Who started? Tags, did he? Uh, start? No, you started. So, so yeah, Jerry yeah. will have to get one then. Uh, I'm not, not going to come up with the one. I can't think of one. Um, no, I'll pass it to Tags if he gets it. I'm not going to do all day from me trying to get one. Go on, Tags. Has Ud Udinese been said? Yeah, it's been said, yeah. yeah. Criminese? Is there a Criminese? No. no. Sounds uh, good. Right, one one of the teams they went on a really good Champions League run a few seasons. Oh, ago. Uh, Atalanta. Yeah, well done, well done. Oh, oh, give us a phone. Come on, give us yeah, a phone. it was it, it was hinted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done, well done. Yeah, thirteen out of the twenty. So what's that? Sixty-five percent. I think that's pretty That's good. Then. Name the ones. Name the other yeah. ones. Uh, Empoli. Empoli. Uh, Salernitina, uh, Sampdoria, Sassuolo, uh, Spezia, uh, Venezia, wow. and Verona. Sampdoria? Okay, Sampdoria. Yeah, that's probably the only one. Hmm? Yeah. I yeah. don't know what, though. Yeah. I thought I that was quite good Verona. for me. Yeah, you, you did well there. Yeah, that was quite good for me and you. <laughs> when I was, no, uh, I, was when thinking, I, I was thinking Palmer, but they're not there, are they? Well, yeah. This this morning, I was I was writing. I was thinking, oh, do I do Serie A and and Serie B as well? But then oh. I thought, there's no point in going with that many. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. that was irrelevant, Serie B. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. All right. Well, well, thank you very much to the the two of you, uh, Tony. Enjoy Germany if you're going. I don't know if you are. Yes, I'm going, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Looking enjoy forward to it. But um, it'll there. be a tough game. But I'm fingers crossed. Both West Ham and Leicester get through. Yeah, hopefully so. Uh, as we've said already, it's an eight o'clock kickoff on Thursday. So join us for Match Day Live from 6.30 for that huge second leg uh, against Roma. Obviously, keep an eye across all of Leicester City's social media channels and lcfc.com. There'll be loads and loads of content on there looking ahead to that, that big game on Thursday. So uh, brilliant. Thank you very much to everyone who, who watched and listened today. Have a nice bank holiday. Safe travels over to Italy if you're going and, and hopefully we'll be coming back and, and speaking this time next week about um, the Foxes being European finalists.